Get in the action on the Action Addicts Podcast. No greater faction than the action movie scene. Get in the action on the Action Addicts Podcast. Your satisfaction, action on the silver screen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Action Addicts Podcast, and I'm your host, Scott Wiley, and we're back. Yes, it's Monday. We're finally back on Mondays. And if you're listening to this in the future, yeah, we kind of had a few weeks where we weren't coming out on Mondays, but it's Monday today, baby. It's that time again. And today we have actually a shorter episode, but trust me, it might be uh, slightly smaller than the last few episodes, which have been almost marathon ones, but there's a lot of content packed into this episode. It's uh, it's streamlined, I think is the best way to put it. As you will have already seen from the title of today's episodes, this is a conversation with Jean-Paul Lee, and I gotta say right off the bat, thanks to JP for coming on, because we have been trying to arrange this for, well, as you'll hear us say in a minute, we've been, we've been trying to arrange this for a couple months. I think it's actually been longer than that, but that's when we, like, we had a date, and then we couldn't do it, and then we had to reschedule, and it just felt like um, every time we had a date, we just had to keep changing it. So we finally managed to sit down and have a conversation. And even this conversation was unfortunately very much under the clock, because this was recorded pretty much when I came back from Wales while I was away, and the world conspired against me. I had so much time to get back for this, and yet we still didn't really make it. Every single traffic light, every single bit of traffic, there was like three crashes on the motorway. It was one of the worst journeys I've ever had, and naturally it's the one and only time when I had a meeting stroke interview to get to. But JP was nice enough to push it back another hour. It meant that we kind of did have to speed things along because of reasons, but he's a very busy person, and, you know, he's uh, uh, working hard, which is the good thing we want to hear as action movie fans. Hopefully, I don't need to give Jean-Paul any introductions. He is the star of Jailbreak. He is the star of Night Shooters. He's also starred in Iron Vengeance Retaliation, 400 Bullets, and he's appeared in many other films, and he's been a stuntman or a coordinator in many, many others. He's also directed a couple of short films. Uh, you'll hear us discuss that in a moment. But one thing I do want to say right off the bat is, irritatingly, pretty much less than a week after we recorded it, it seems that Jailbreak, which is currently available on Netflix at the time of recording and posting, is coming off of Netflix, which is going to make that film much harder to track down because I'm not aware of it really existing anywhere else other than Netflix. I don't know if it is coming off in all locations, or if it's just, like, America or certain territories, but it is coming to the end of its Netflix run. I would very much like a physical release, though I know that's not going to happen, but I hope it finds another home, because, yeah, I'm not really sure what's going to happen to it otherwise. So if you haven't seen Jailbreak, I would highly recommend 
watching it, and if you have even the slightest inkling that you kind of want to rewatch it, I might get on that because I don't know when you're going to be able to after the fact. So without further ado, I'm going to hand you over to the conversation that I had with Jean-Paul Lee, and I hope you enjoy it. We mostly talk about fight choreography, his short film, his two starring roles that I you know, really enjoyed. We also briefly mentioned some of the other films that uh, he's popped up in. And kind of like our conversation with the art school dropouts, which if you haven't listened to, I would highly recommend. We end up kind of interspersing it with industry talk. And I want to give a special thanks again to JP because like pretty much every guest I've had on, which I'm really happy about, he seemed very open and honest. And I really love that. We could have spoken for hours. We continued to talk after the episode uh, finished and we we vibed, I think, as the kids would say. And thankfully, that seems to have been my experience with everybody. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I honestly think these guys are some of the best, nicest, hardworking people in the industry. And I hope as time goes on that I will continue to bring their stories, thoughts and opinions to the forefronts of people's minds whilst also highlighting the cool kick-ass movies that they make. But with that said, guys, I won't make you wait any longer. I'll see you in the outro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here. We're back in the live room. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, as you will have already seen by the title of this episode that will have spoiled it, today is a conversation with Jean-Paul Lee. And I've been very excited for this episode. We've been chatting for a while, trying to, <laughs> trying to nail down a time that we could <laughs> actually make this work. So, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for making the time to do this. And uh, how are you, my friend? Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me on the podcast. There's been like, what, two months that we tried to get, you know, like together to, to, to do this, something like this? It's uh, Yeah, it's been about that. I think we started talking it about January when you were talking about speed dating, yes. but uh, yeah, which I thoroughly enjoyed, by the way. Like, that's a good, oh, good, good, good thing to start us off with. I know quite a few people obviously talked about it at the time, but did you want to talk a bit about that and how you kind of came up with it? Uh, yeah, so so that's how actually I contacted you because I was like a little sneaky going to people's like, DMs. <laughs> Because I think for me that was the only way to to spread the word about it because I didn't do any any marketing myself. Um, I mean, my team didn't do any marketing about it, so I had to just roll my sleeves up and do it myself. Um, but yeah, so I had to contact some people to 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 spread the word about it that I was doing it and I was it was released. And yeah, so speed dating is um. Short film, obviously, the proof of concept. Uh, that's the fruit of my frustration with the industry uh, that pushes me to actually do this. I was just tired to wait for people, wait for answers from production, uh, because I had ideas to make an action film, but it always gets lost in conversations, and it takes weeks and then months. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired to wait. I'm going to fund it myself. I'm going to write it. Uh, and direct it. I didn't want to be in it uh, because I wanted to focus on my job as a director. I remember I had, I had the idea when I was working on Doctor Strange 2. Um, so I, I was I was doing stunts on, on that show. But the frustration grew even more. So I took the time when I was on that job to write the script. I think it was done in a few months. And then 
and then it happened and then uh, that's it it was really like um my my will to uh to not to wait for people just just to, to do something and just put it out and then just try to uh move forward with this okay well i gotta say it was well received in all the circles that i'm in and i think pretty much every action outlet whether they be in print or podcasty or even youtube they all seem to really like it and whilst um it is a shame that we don't get to see your skills on camera your lead <laughs> actress was more than capable of filling in for the role mm. and uh so what how did you how did you find it then being behind the camera in the director's chair was it how you imagined it or once you got there was it way more stressful than you hoped it was exactly like people told me like it was a stressful experience like because it's it's filmmaking right it, pain is part of it so i actually found out uh the the, the proper way right because this uh speed dating is actually my second short film that i've directed the first one's called the division but we did it like with friends like it wasn't like a proper production it was just like some let's gather a guy with a camera with no lights and make a short film but this one was with a proper crew uh, yeah, it was like a proper shoot. You know, like, like you would have a proper shoot and uh, the lead actress has a stunt double. And I took it like, um, yeah, I mean, it is a short film, but I took it like a shooting the scene of, let's say, a feature film. I don't know why I was in that mindset. For me, the speed dating short film was as in you turn on your TV and the movie is happening. And for, I always saw that as a feature. I don't know why, because I kind of like the feature format, but, um, I, I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed all the, Somehow all the struggles that I had, uh, it was a little traumatizing, but I think it is the way it is because I did a lot of mistakes uh, myself because I was the producer and then also the director. So I was wearing too many hats and I admit that it was a mistake because my attention wasn't at the right place, I think. But it's part of the learning process, right? Um, I just, and again, as I said before, it was because I didn't want to wait any longer. I was... I was arguing with myself that, okay, now we're going to make mistakes and we're going to make a movie. And I, I enjoyed it. Actually, to be completely honest with your audience and yourself, um, being an actor was never my first, like, main goal. You know, it was, I, I was, I always loved filmmaking as a process. I didn't know what I wanted to be, to be honest. I, I love being an actor, but it wasn't like the vocation I had since I was a kid. Um, I, I was a martial artist, like since I was a kid. That's why I wanted to do stunts and be in front of the camera and I could make movies like Jackie Chan and that was, that was fantastic. But I love the filmmaking process uh, in general and being a film director, I think really fulfill me in, in that, in that sense. Okay. See, you have kind of sneakily answered one of the questions I was going to ask you at a moment, which is that for people who perhaps aren't familiar with you, what got you into filmmaking? But perhaps you have just answered that. Um, so I started 10 years ago now. I think it's been 10 years. I came to the UK uh, to start and trying to be a stuntman. Again, as I said before, like, I mean, in many interviews, like, uh, because we watch Jackie Chan movies, we want to do the same. And that was my, my entry into, into the film industry. I didn't see any other way to get in. And also because it was about martial arts, it was about passion. So the only way for me to get there was, was for stunts. Uh, and then the more I was into the, uh, the stunt world and the filmmaking industry, like the love for filmmaking, uh, came even like stronger. If I can say it just confirmed you know, what I was thinking in the beginning. I'm like, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, a filmmaker for me is not just uh, a director. You can act, 
you can uh, do the sound, you can do the lights, you can do directing. I love the entire process, but that was my entry point, like a uh, stunt. And what made me go to like, decide to make movies was uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I watched oh, the yeah. movie se- seven times at the, at the theater, like because the ending shocked me. And for me, that was like, that's filmmaking? The ending was just so beautiful for me. And I was like, wow, I, I love, I love this. I was like, okay, let me get interested and let me just, and I quit my job at that time. And I just started to, to be a, a stuntman. Uh, would I be right in saying that maybe not the first, but it's the first one I can, I can find. Was it uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist that you joined? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. man. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. If there was like a project that I could be like, Hey, I want to do stunts, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. Yeah, that's a pretty good starting point. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I started with this thanks to uh, Joey Alpha, uh, amazing filmmaker and actor. And the thing is, I didn't know him at the time. I was just training at the gym. I just arrived to the UK. I didn't know anyone. And I was with my friend Laurent Plancel, who was there like uh, three years before me. And he was, like, right, let's go train there. And then Joey was there, and I was just training. And then he came to me and he said. Hey, are you free for the next? And I can't make this voice. <laughs> are you free for the next uh, few months? I'm working on a movie called Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, and I'm looking for a stunt double for uh, for an actor for that I have. And I said, I said yes. Nothing happened for a few weeks. Then I got a, the production contacted me. I said, you're going to uh, you're going to work on that film, and this is the principle. That's what happened. Hey, yeah, I mean, job, yeah. as 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 stories go, it's a pretty good one. I mean. I actually have a friend uh, over in America called Aaron Vargas, who is an aspiring stuntman. And um, he kind of had that talk that he didn't want to have with his family, who were basically telling him that it's never going to go anywhere. Despite the fact he's been to the gyms and has literally had that same conversation that you've just described, where people are noticing him. People are asking him if he's got like free time. And you're like, it's 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 just that's all it takes. You just need people to notice you. And if you're doing stunts and you can congrats you're probably going to find people that need people that can do those skills yeah yeah it, it's it's very much luck it's just being at the right place at the right time in a way that sounds very like a corny but it, it is exactly this you know, like it was exactly this and i'm very grateful that it happened yeah so you did stunts for a while and i think one of the things that i know the audience will want me to ask about is how did you transition from doing just stunts to fight choreography because the couple of films that i'm definitely going to mention uh you did the fight choreography for and you're you're pretty good at it so i think a lot of people would be interested as to how that came about um just watching a lot of action movies like uh, martial arts movies um because the thing is i mean understanding martial arts since i was a kid until the moment I was about to be a stuntman helped me like tremendously. Uh, obviously, because to understand fight choreography, you need to understand performance and physical performance, right? And then to understand how it works on camera and how to make it work, work the motion, how to bring motion in framing. And th- this came with time, of course. Like I learned a lot when I was on set as a stuntman. I was looking at the camera operators how is done um how are they doing the shots which lens are they using is it handheld is it not like and also at the same time when you go home you watch more and more movies and i watch all kind of movies not just martial arts or action drama anything that i could 
I could just absorb. I would just do it just to learn. And I would think, can I add a shot from that film, but with, but into, uh, I mean, in, in action, like in martial art action. For example, a stupid a way, I don't know, it's not stupid, but I'm just saying like how I'm trying to push it and understanding how I can bring something different. I'm looking at movies like uh, the director Wes Anderson, right? Everything is parallel and he's shot and everything. And I'm like, can I do that at least for one shot in an action film, a martial arts scene? You know, we're, we're telling the story at the same time, but I'm trying to to push it to the point that um, I want to see what I can bring to the table. Because if you look at what has been done, it feels like everything has been done already. But then yeah. movies like John Wick 4 came out and they do that super nice, uh, spoilers or, yeah, most, like, I guess people watch the movie already. But anyway, in John Wick 4, there's a nice, uh, top shot, kind of like, um, old school GTA games, you know, like, and yeah. I was thinking about that shot for a long time. I was harassing my team and I said, I put that in the, on, on the wall. When one day we're going to do this in a future film, watch John Wick 4 and I said to them, we can't do this anymore. Because they've done it so perfectly, you can't go after this. You know, like, and I think that's what it was. It's very exciting to think about action design because I wouldn't say you try to, I mean, you just try to elevate. Uh, I'm not interested into just copying people because I think it's not productive. And that's why actually, if you look at my career as an actor, as an action actor, even fight choreographer, the past two years or even more three years, I kind of like slowed down on, on a lot of projects. Because I didn't want to make things that would look like what we've seen before. I refuse a lot of future films to be as an actor, as a lead, I think uh, three or four times because when I, I was digging into how we're going to do the movie, there was nothing that, nothing new that, that I can bring. And I don't want to just keep doing the same thing. It's not interesting for anybody, I guess. I'm just saying that from my perspective, but, um, that's why you see me taking my time making stuff. I'd, I'd rather take my time and do something super cool than just spamming movies and they just, I call that Mac Dojo, okay? From my, my vocabulary, like this is, this is fast food, uh, choreography. You've seen that already. There's nothing new. That's why when I watched John Week 4, I love it because these guys are trying to bring a revolution into what they're doing. They do better than the previous movie. And I'm obsessed with this in terms of, uh, of creating. And that's why the place of, of director is great for me to, um, to be able to, to do this. Don't get me wrong. I'm still there for, as an actor, uh, because I want to perform because I still need, there's also a lot of things that I didn't do on screen yet and I would love to showcase, but it has to be the right code. I don't know if I answered your question. I think I went a little too far, but, uh, yeah. no, no, no. Like I said, I love hearing unfiltered opinion. I think that. As time has gone on, people have realized that what people are and aren't allowed to say when it comes to working in the film industry has been highly regulated, intentionally or not. And people are just, you know, too afraid to say X, Y, and Z because it might cost them a job, which is understandable. But I feel like um, it kind of gives like a false impression of what working inside the industry is like. And Mm -hmm. you, you just said something that there's another actor, and for obvious reasons, I won't name him, but he very much, I think, spent a good portion of his career doing exactly what you just described, where, yes, he has amazing skills, but if you've seen one of his films, you've seen all of his fight scenes of all of his other films in a 10-year period. And mm. I feel like trying to do, like you said, with the John Wick films, trying to constantly invent new ways to basically punch someone in the face is a challenge but 
there's so many action films. I mean, so one of my friends told me there's like 35,000 films with the tag of action film on Letterboxd. And we haven't, <laughs> we haven't run out of ways to film movement, to film physicality. And there's so many underrepresented arts or cultures and whatnot that have different ways of doing things. And that was one of the reasons why uh, I was interested to ask you about it. And you gave a great answer. I feel like too many... Well, I know for a fact that too many directors treat fight sequences like a five-minute thing you do at the end of the day because they don't want to do it and they don't see the appeal of it. But you'd think after four John Wicks of blockbusting action that someone would get the hint that if you do it well, audiences respond to it. And you're absolutely yeah. right. That sequence with the dragon's breath shotgun and the over-the-top camera I love the fact that you referenced it as an old Grand Theft Auto game because that so aged you then. And I'm so happy because everyone else is like, oh, it's just like playing Hotline Miami, which it is. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, exactly. It's actually more, <laughs> more this than actually GTA, but I don't know why, because I'm old school. So yeah. All the way, man, all the way. But yeah, it's definitely much more like this. But uh, no, I, I just I just love that reference because yes, old, old old Rockstar games back in back when they were made in London. Let's uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, would I be right in saying then that uh, I might be wrong because again, you can't always trust the film credits. But I know you did some fight choreography for a couple of other things. But was Night Shooters one of the first movies that you were in that you were also doing the fight choreographer for, where you had a lead role? Uh, I, I did that on Jailbreak and I did it again on Nightshooters, yeah. So that actually works out well because for some reason, like on IMDb, you're not credited on Jailbreak. So I had to look it up yeah. separately to check that you were the choreographer mm. before I said something stupid. But nope, cool, confirmed here live. I'm not, I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they do with the credit. I actually never checked. So I mean, about Jailbreak, I, I wasn't sure, but okay. But yeah, but so it, it, it was like different. Let's give it to like, let's do it rightly. Uh, there were many fight choreographers on on Jailbreak, of course. Uh, I think that's why they didn't credit. I don't know, like specifically someone. I brought the the DOP and the camera operator, Godefroy, the French guy, who okay. did short film before, and is uh, he was one of the fight choreographer on the the Witcher, the TV show, if I'm not wrong, right now. Um, and I brought him uh, for Jailbreak. Uh, and I think we discussed about the shot that we wanted, and the fight choreography was divided into into two actually, from myself and Dara, the other um, uh, lead actor, yeah, Dara Ur, yeah. So all the Bokator stuff was obviously from him, and the rest was from me. So I had to choreograph for other people too. But when it was his fight scene, he was doing his, his fight stuff. Like for Tarot, I had to, to design some of the of her fight scene. The final fight scene we done. Celine Tran, uh, I choreographed it, you know, like, and action designed it. But actually, the, the, the real fight scene of that fight is not, uh, in, the, I mean, it's not in the movie. Yeah, there is a fight scene with her fighting Celine. But we had another previous, which was so badass. And I kept, I, I kept some of that, um, that fight for Jailbreak too. The reason why we couldn't do the fight that was planned is because Celine got injured two days before shooting a fight scene. So the fight that you see in Jailbreak, the final fight scene with Tarot and Celine is just an, not, I would say improvised kind of fight scene. Right. The real version was, was not this. It was going full on between these two for like two or three minutes. <laughs> but I, I kept some of the stuff because 
I, I didn't want to put it online. I wanted to keep it for if we do another jailbreak, this move would be great. So it's, it's still in a database somewhere. But uh, so yeah, so let's. There was different choreographers, but I think I was the main, if I can say that, in a in the right way. I think, but we all share the the, the work on this one. And net shooters, yes, uh, net shooters. I was also a lead actor, and uh, I had to be the fight choreographer because I did not have the choice. <laughs> it's that simple. The same for for jailbreak. It was part of the deal for both of them. It was like, you're going to be the lead. Uh, there's going to be action and you are, you're going to take care of it. We can't hire anyone else. We don't have the money. And I wanted to hire someone for both movies, but I had no choice to do it myself. <laughs> they were like, no, no, no more budget, my friend. You're going to do it, right? You, do, you know karate, right? You do it. No. The producers would kind of like, it's a caricature, of course, but they would kind of like tell you like very nicely. Oh, you're going to do your own fight. It's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but can I have someone to do it so I can focus on the rest? And they smile at you and they said, mm-hmm. and you understand, okay, and I call the team. Okay, guys, we'll do it. So that's what happened. Ah, uh, that, uh, that doesn't surprise me. So I, I actually rewatched Night Shooters for this conversation, uh, because I hadn't seen it in so long and I genuinely had forgotten just how good it was. I'm, I'm curious, how different was it? going abroad in inverted commas to go and film jailbreak and then coming back to film night shooters was it kind of a a whiplash in terms of the different ways in which they shoot films or did it just feel like yeah it's all the same really um it's yes and no actually like the process is the same in terms of creating the fight stuff thinking about the angles and everything it's more what is provided to you to do this in Cambodia, you had nothing. You had no, the, the, the gym place that we did all the fight stuff was so dusty and we got it for free because it was just an open stadium, right? So people can come and train, but it was, there was no AC. You have to think it's 40 degrees when you train and everything. And, and I think every situation is different. They have their own challenges. In the UK for nitrous, I think it was much easier because my team was here. On jailbreak, I went there alone. Almost begged them. Can I bring an assistant, please? Nope, no money. Can I bring someone from Thailand? It's just next door. Nope. And I was, all right, just doing it myself. So when I did night shooters, my team was already there, but the budget was even lower than jailbreak. So like, oh, holy shit, guys, come on. They're going to, there's no, there's no end to it. It's just, uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, like I put my both hands on my, on my forehead. I'd be like, come on, guys. Never ends. You think it's gonna get better, but you just take the challenges and you can't complain. You're making a movie. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. You can complain and you should fucking sorry about the bubble. You should complain. No, it's, it's fine, dude. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> okay. And you should complain because you want better conditions for your team because better condition makes a better fight scene. You know, everything is better. I just give you, um, yeah, for night shooters, we had two weeks to prep all the fights for the film. Two weeks is really short. Um, and it feels like the same for jailbreak because we didn't have the money or a big team. It, it's the best we could do with what we had. Like, um, and there's no other way to, to put it. It was really, okay, let's try to make an action film with this, in these conditions. And, um, let's see what happens. But jailbreak, to be honest, when we did jailbreak, the producers told me the movie is not going to go out of Cambodia. And I said, okay, it's fine then, because if I fail, nobody's going to see it. <laughs> and then uh, I met uh, Todd Brown, the producer of The Raid uh, in Italy, and he was telling me, oh, it's going to be on Netflix International. I was sweating so much, my friend. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, okay, right, okay. Night shooters, right? They tell me, oh, we're doing night shooters because um, we want to finance another movie that we wanted to do at the time with Mark Price, the director. And Mark was, oh, night shooters is a small movie. It's just like a stepping stone for the next one. And I don't think a lot of people will see it. Boom, rain dance. I'm like, Jesus, come on, guys. So like, It's just like, um, I- I'm not saying that because my expectations are quite low, so I have less stress when I make a film. But of course, if they become successes like these two at uh, the nominations are great. The reception for Jailbreak, uh, for Fantasia was amazing. Uh, I, it was, I think, one of the best moments of my career when I was in Fantasia. It's a film festival in Montreal. We won best action feature film in such a big festival. And there's like, I don't know, like 1,500 people in a room watching the movie. And you know, there's a moment people will shout and they do. And your body is shaking of, of, of happiness because everybody's like, Oh shit. When they see the scene, you know, like that, that, that you worked on and that I wrote in my room, you know, like the nature stuff is the same. Like that's what amazed me is that we did all this fight stuff. It, it came from just me being in my room, writing stuff on the paper. And then it's on screen. And I mean, we create the fight and then it's on screen and people see it actually. So I'm very grateful that you even watch nature, like to, Every single person who's listening to that podcast to watch Jailbreak and Nightshaders, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so this won't mean a lot to the audience, but I am just going to turn my camera on for you a second. So you can oh. see me now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've done more than just watch Night Shooters. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I've actually owned this since whenever it came out, like 2018 or 19, because I'm not sure because releasing is weird. But I love the fact that they put on, the, for the people listening, I love the fact that they've actually put on the front cover, you know, Rain Dance Film Festival, Mayhem 2018, Leeds International Film Festival, Thriller Chiller, because it sounds stupid, but mainstream audiences are far more likely to pick this up because they've put it on the front cover than mm. if they had to pick it up and look on the back. Because you've got some great reviews from Impact Online and someone else that I can't even pronounce. But my favorite review of the whole lot is brutal and action-packed. Jean-Paul Lee mesmerizes with blunt force because it's from my friend, Film Combat Syndicate. And I remember he was so excited and he was like buzzing for days that they put this on the front cover. And I always have said that there's something weird about action movies that the community around them like the people who are diehard we all seem to either know each other or want to know each other and everybody's super supportive and like that is something that i absolutely love about action films like the more you dig into it the more you'll find people are connected like you said you got started with street fighter assassin's fist through joey answer i've met joey i was at london mcm when he did his street fighter panel with all the rest nice. of them and it was such a good time and everyone there nice. was was so nice and that same comic-con scott adkins was doing his accident man panel which starred my friend amy johnston and it was just right. like you know I, it, it, it's it's weird how so many things sort of overlay and connect you know mm-hmm. yeah that's great it's it, uh, yeah it is very small to the action world especially in the uk you have scott uh, I'm missing a lot of people, I guess, but like this is so, it's so small. I'm obviously Joy Answer and all the team, they were there way before me. And it's just like, uh, we all know each other too, like ourselves, you know, and then we need to get the feedback from people who actually watch our movies, you know, like it's very niche, you know, martial arts stuff, especially in the yeah. UK. It's not part of the, the filmmaking culture to do a martial art movie. 
That's why Natchitoches was a big win, you know, like for the nomination for Rangers. I felt it it felt good that oh okay because because of Mark's price uh, work of course you know like we all work together but Mark was you know like driving the the driving force of, of the project and to be able to make that little movie and then it, it gets there you're like okay it feels it feels okay because you believe that because it's so niche that who's gonna watch it we don't have the money to have a big marketing campaign you you, you don't have that you just need to go to film festival get the little buzz and then people talk about it and they go watch it. And if it doesn't buzz, who's going to watch it? And that's, I think, our biggest fear for, for us filmmakers. That's why I, in a way, kind of like slow down in the, as an action actor, because I was like, I've done these films. They are low budget uh, movies. I need to step up. I'm going to wait for the right opportunity to happen. I will carry on my work as a stuntman. I'm going to drive my projects. As an actor, as a director, that, that's actually my, my biggest fear is, um, I need to make sure that people watch it. So for jailbreak, it was, it was when they told us about Netflix, I was so happy. And at the same time, I was so angry because we could have been so much better. All right. It, it, it's okay. It's okay to do mistakes. Right. But movies forever, like Jackie Chan said, right. So you have to do your best and there's no excuses about you being tired. You having no money. Another great action team. Like I think I couldn't bring my assistants, and the audience doesn't see that. The audience sees what you give them. That's it. So all this stuff, all these factors, make me go to. I'm very careful about what I'm doing next. The same for um, speed dating. Speed dating is. I wanted to make sure because you know, like the assumption that people have about stuntmen. Stuntmen are not film, are not filmmakers. They're not storytellers. They just do action. Yeah. And when I did the short film, I was like, okay, people are going to know it's going to put, it's, it's the jailbreak guy is going to make a short film. It's going to be action on the, and I took the reverse way. And I was like, look, let's focus on the story. And if the story is not good enough, we're not doing it. Because the action, it, it, it is what it is. It's, you can tell it's very influenced by John Wick. So it is Jane Wick. I saw that in the comment on YouTube. I was like, ah, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to surprise. Uh, you guys with something that go, hey, it's a little different. And the production value looks great. I didn't want to come with a B-movie look. I wanted anamorphic lenses. I wanted to give the whole package so you guys can enjoy a high-quality mini feature film online. And, and also to show like there's a, we're not dead yet. That's the thing. I'm like, that's the beginning of something greater. That's why I was shutting my mouth for some time, but now it's time to create something great. I talk like I was British, but as a British action cinema, I, I want to bring my own stone into it. And it's just like a, that's why I said that. Thank you guys. Without you, no movies, no career, nothing. So. No, I, I always say this to people that talk to me who are in the action community. And I don't think, I don't think audiences genuinely realize how much just them watching these films. And I'm going to say it legitimately actually helps because if producers see that you get a popular response then they're more likely to give it a physical release potentially give it a sequel and mm -hmm. you know the part of the reason why i enjoy night shooters so much believe it or not isn't even the action even though the action is good it's the it's the fact that you so perfectly summarize what it's like to be an independent filmmaker and all of the little niggly bits and all of the frustrations and complaints that i and I remember the first time I watched it, I just thought, yeah, this, this, this isn't acting. This is just a bunch of people who've made small films mm. going, 
this is the shit that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is. So Mark was great to to make that the film the way it is, like it, and to be able to blend all this all together was. I think that was the main the main thing for that movie. It was very smart to do it. If you can't answer this question, don't worry. But a while back, I'm sure I read that you said that there was a jailbreak two happening. Is that still a thing, or is that just kind of been lost? We talked about it with the producers, uh, I think two months ago. So basically, we wanted to make number two. It was announced on the Hollywood Reporter and stuff like this. Yeah. I didn't know about it. So I saw my face on the article. And I was like, oh, there we go. Because we were just talking about it. And they were like, oh, hey, JP, surprise. We got the two guys from the raid. I thought you'd be happy with the article. And I was like, so it is with them. I didn't know. I found out that the same as you guys. Right. And on I was sweating. I was like, "There we go." So we're doing it with these guys. Okay. I was. I had an idea to make the like some action design, something crazy with Yaya Nesesep from the raid, and then the COVID happened, and it stopped ah. everything. It was about to get started. We had a confirmation from these two, and I was like, especially after John Wick Three, I'm like, I'm gonna use them in the way people never saw them before. Because I know like people expect the Sinat, the right stuff. Of course, they do expect that. But I'm going to bring something a little different. I was about to spoil it, but this one I won't spoil it because I think if we manage to do this, you will love it. But COVID happened and changed everything. It pushes everything. So at the same time, uh, the, the, the calendar and the planning for producers changed too. Especially now you have to make a project that brings uh, money very quick, quicker, I would say. And jailbreak is uh two. The budget was much bigger. I can't say it now in terms of I can't confirm yeah, yeah. it now. But at that time, nothing to do with the first one. We had the 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 money to make a, a great film. The script was there. Everything was there. Now the we had proper reviews. We were thinking about bringing more names, and we were about to do the teasing, revealing who we're gonna bring on the show more than just the guys from the raid. And we had to stop entirely. And I was like, oh, that's a shame because I wanted to. That was what Jailbreak 1 was supposed to be with money Yeah. in Jailbreak 2. And it was much fun, much more like a fun. There was a very nice storyline, you know, like um, the action was crazy and the tag battle was next level. And that was like, and then it didn't happen. I mean, postponed, still postponed now. I can't, I don't want to say it publicly because we talk about it lately. But when it's going to be announced, I think they will announce it on their website. I just, yeah. um, I just wish it's this year. I'm just saying this, but um, if it happens on this one, that's a promise to you guys. We're gonna make it crazy. I need to. I'm so excited to actually do do something with that movie because that's that's the moment for me that we've been for years. Then I can tell my like all of you guys. Okay, martial arts movie lovers, you're gonna absolutely love this one. And then I started to do previews, especially the fight with. These guys, right? And then I had to stop because you couldn't even train outside. Yeah. For six months, you, the lockdown happened. Then everything came back. Producers again, they said about money, they lost money because nobody was going to the cinema. And that was yeah. a global situation for every country, right? But especially more fatal for, for a country like Cambodia. So I, that's what happened. That really sucks to hear. Unfortunately, I know of some other films that I can't publicly say, but you're not the first person to tell me a really cool film died because the COVID lockdowns. And it really sucks because you think, well, I understand the logistics of why 
but if it was going to happen before, it's over now. Like, just get the band back together. But unfortunately, it's not that simple. And it, it sucks mm. that it's not that simple, but it, it really isn't. Like, making a film and getting everybody's schedules to sync up and getting everybody in the same place is a challenge, I think is the nice way of saying it, yeah. depending on how many people you have involved. But, um, I, I, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you and we'll, we'll yeah, look to you. the skies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring like so many people, even from the John Wick team, like, you know, to be, to come in the action team, camera operators, some great action film. Again, I can't say it now because it wouldn't yeah, make yeah. any sense to say it now, but I was really making my own Ocean Eleven. I'm okay, I'm gonna get the right people. Let's make a crazy action film. And nope. <laughs> It, yeah. it, it it sucks too because I, i'm sure you feel the same way well i think you do because from what you just said but i know there's a lot of us uh some of us especially that that work in the industry that also talk on these shows everybody knows who they would get in a film together like behind the scenes in front of the camera you know that everyone has this dream team in their head of who they would want to see together but it requires money and it's always so frustrating when you hear these stories of like they finally gave someone some money who actually knows who they would call on. They were that close. Yeah. And it's like, but like I say, we keep the faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But keeping the faith for like two years. It's just like a, it, it, it's a filmmaking process. It's all about the money, you know, like, like, okay, we can talk about art, martial arts and, and cool action film at the end of the day. Producers are here to make money and they're like, and they know that they, that there is no opportunity to do it. It's just that they have their own agenda, which is this, which is why I did Yeah, it was really because not only because of Job too, but in general, like um, I was just tired to be at their mercy. You know, like um, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, it is that way. It is it's business, but it's just it's frustrating. Like I said. So, like, don't don't answer this for fear of in case you can't. But like, I am of, of the opinion, and I've said this before to a few other guests that we've had on. I feel like the way that filmmaking is currently done is done the way it is because that's how it's always been done traditionally. Mm-hmm. I feel like making films in general is one of the slowest industries to catch up with how technology has changed in terms of making things. They're really quick when it comes to like effects and how they can apply it to what they do, but mm-hmm. nobody wants to change how it's done because the people who currently benefit from how it's done know full damn well that when it changes, they're not needed anymore. And I see a lot of stunt guys and a lot of independent actors who are realizing you don't need all of this fancy equipment anymore. And they're putting out really good short films and some of them are putting out really good feature films. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more that that gains traction, I personally think it's starting to change. You kind of echoed, like, uh, again, I don't want to go too off topic, but you kind of echoed perfectly what a guy, you might probably know him, Johnny Young Bosch, over in America, he was the Black Power Ranger, and he's done a bunch of independent films. He basically did the exact same thing you did with a short film that he did called uh, Arc Exodus, and he did all the editing, all the sound design, all the special effects, and it's 40 minutes of just martial arts mayhem. But all the stunt team were people that make YouTube videos. Right. Go go and watch it. And it's, it's, just, as, it's just as good. It's, it, you mm. know, it, and I feel like more people are starting to realize that the limits that get put in place to stop people from 
giving any meaningful competition to the big big productions they're kind of only there because people let them be there that's that's let's put it that way yeah and it's difficult to change that in a way you know, like it's really like you said you need to make your own content so you can have a voice because now we're just um dependent of, of their decisions you know like uh, in someone someone said okay we can't do jailbreak to um after lockdown i was like okay because someone said that we can't do it for their own reasons and good reasons and maybe they, it's about it's their money right but at the same time in terms of as an artist and as a fan of martial arts movies i'm like no nah, all right cool <laughs> like you know like it's it gets you you know but yeah you, you're right i think the only way to do is is to make your own own films um as speed dating so as i said i went to people's dms apologies to people who watched this <laughs> and uh didn't have any proper like marketing plan it was just like can you guys make reviews if you like it if you don't like it just just write it at least just you know, watch it be cool the reviews are great i think most of them so i was like yeah it's great so the more views the better the more reviews the better too because you guys are here to just tell the audience that's um what you guys think of the film and if it's bad it's bad then it is what it is you know like i'm just taking it as it is but it's just like um just the awareness and if people are like okay there's something happening there like this was pretty good what can we do with it what are the, re- the, the reviews about it how many views it's not a lot, really 13, 13,000 views on YouTube, which is good because I'm not even pushing anything. It's just there. I'm like, I, I yeah, can yeah. see people watching it. And the more, the better. I said, I think it's just a way to, I mean, the only way to start. And again, when speed dating was over, um, I just put it online. It means that I'm going to start a YouTube channel because I have no other places to put the movie. So I'm kind of like not forced to do a YouTube channel, but I'm like, okay, you know what? Filmmaker is not only feature film director or TV, TV show director. It's short film director too. And commercials, like narrative, right? You're also a filmmaker. YouTubers are filmmakers. No, like, yeah, nobody yeah. can say the opposite. Like, that would be extremely uh, condescending to think this way. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a little filmmaker, a little short films. Hopefully one day I'll be a feature film. I just put all my ideas and just shoot it. Do it. Do the mistakes and just keep on doing it. And if people like it, Hopefully, with you guys' help, we can make more. Yeah, I mean, there's so many independent action filmmakers out there, and you've just highlighted their biggest problem, which is that people don't see it. So if 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 shows like this one and ones that my friends run and Film Combat Syndicate, Kung Fu Movie Guide, and Action, well, the various websites that have the word action in their name that I'm not going to list because we're all day, but all of them sort of shouting the same thing at the same time, the internet will take notice and mm-hmm. 13,000 views might not sound like a lot in comparison yeah. to some random YouTube video, but 13,000 views is a heck of a lot more than if one of us puts out a random thing. It's like, it's still 13,000 people that have seen this and taken the time to watch it because of how YouTube tracks views. Um, and I, you know, it's just one of those things that I think is worth applauding. And then the next one, as you said, when you get there will be better because you have mm. that growth. So I'm looking forward to whatever you do next, whether it's feature film, YouTube film, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I think the next one, I think people will kind of... Uh, I love Western and cowboy stuff. Like, it's more than Samurai and and John Wick stuff. I mean, I love John Wick, but um, the next one is a 
He's a kind of a cowboy journalist. Um, so we're going to have a very nice set and stuff. I can't announce it yet, but we're working on it. That's the next one for sure. There's no. Okay. And I love the fact that it's going to be very cinematic. That's the thing. I want, I want it to, it's always like this. I want people to look at it like, uh, again, as they turn on the TV and the movie is happening because I love the cinematic look. I'm really, I want to push people to show that that's my style. And we're going to try to push in terms of action and the story, of course. I try to be, I take a lot of inspiration. I'm not going to say I'm copying Tarantino because I love Quentin Tarantino, but a lot of inspiration from Kill Bill. Um, so let's see. I mean, I, I will keep carrying on. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I will just keep on making these films because I love doing them. Carry on my career as a stuntman, as a director, hopefully, like uh, on bigger stuff. Um, again, I can talk about that later. We're not there yet, but something is happening. So yeah, let, let's see. Let's see. I mean, again, it's all about uh, being proactive and doing, I think, the right steps. Like, um, I'm not doing a short film every two months. I will take my time to make it right and nice, and I will take the time that it takes, but I'm not going to wait. It's going to be one every every year. It's way too slow. But I will try to be a little faster. Um, <laughs> I have to, because um, I, I want this project to get out of my head, because they are like, they're killing me. I yeah. sleep with them. You have no idea. Speed dating was in my mind. I couldn't sleep at all. Like I was, I was, I was going nuts. I woke up at two a.m. in the morning. Oh, what about that line? I woke up. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what about the choreography? Like it was, it was killing me. And I had to put it out of my head. Just do it, and it feels amazing because now it's out finally. Like parasite, you know, like like, and then the, the the western because I'm so obsessed with it. I, I think about Django Unchained, Kill Bill, and stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay, John Wick, let's go, let's go. But then, okay, let's make it right, and then hopefully people can can watch it and share it because I know how tough it is to have people watch a short film. <laughs> Every time people are like, oh, I don't have the time and everything, but hopefully if the quality is there, people will take their time to do it. I'm sure they will, and and also, it's annoying to be obsessive, but. Being obsessive is the reason you get it done, because if mm. you don't have that quality to be obsessed and to keep pushing through when, as you said, you get lots of obstacles, you won't. Like, there's so many people out there who have good ideas that can't just push through all of the hurdles and the obstacles if you have to be obsessed with something in order to mm. actually get it done. So I'm sure you will. So just just quickly then, before I let you go. One of the other films that surprised me when you showed up, because I watched it when it came out, and um, I I totally hadn't put the dots together that it was you until I looked at the IMDb, and I went, oh, that makes sense. Uh, I Am Vengeance Retaliation. I can happily say this truthfully, because I'm on record as not really liking that film, but you were the best thing about that film. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Um, appreciate it. Thank you so much. So, how did you get involved with that one? Was that did they come to you or was that an audition? No, it was uh no, I did an audition uh, with the director Ross Boyask. Just to just to play the, the like the role. He invited me to to um uh, his studio and then we're just doing the audition and told me, Oh, you get the role. Um, okay. So how long is it gonna be? I think I did three days or more. Like it was super short. It's almost like a cameo. Like I yeah, said, yeah, I, yeah. Said, I just pop in, do some kung fu and then leave. Well, and see, that's the reason why you stuck out to me, because you feel like you pop in from a different movie. And the problem was, is I remember literally when I watched it thinking, can we follow this guy instead? Because <laughs> I'm kind of bored of watching Vinnie Jones' stunt double. <laughs> it, 
Yeah, but the I was very like glad because Ross is is such a nice guy, and yeah. I was like, "Would you like to be part of this?" Yes, please. No, like it'd be great. And it was three days and such a good fun on set. And we did it, and now I'm actually attached to his new film on IMDb Pro since last week. I can't say more about it, but yeah, he yeah, yeah. sent me a great script, and the role is much bigger. And I was like, okay. And he was like, would you like to be, like, considered being part of... I'm not saying I have the role, okay? I'm just saying that we had a nice conversation. Okay. I don't want him to watch this and kill me. Uh, but uh, what I'm saying is that we are working something to, like, on this next uh, film together now. And hopefully we can bring some cool stuff. Not to make you panic, but I know Ross does follow this show. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> um, uh, Ross, I apologize if I said something wrong, but no, I think I didn't do it. I didn't say anything wrong. I think you but, you said uh, that you had a lovely conversation. We're hmm. having a lovely conversation. Doesn't mean anything. It's all good. Yeah. I think I can say that because I think my name is attached to the project now yeah, on, on yeah. MDB Pro, so I can just talk about it. If I'm not in it, it's completely fine. I respect Ross. Ross, amazing, very nice guy. Um, so yeah. So uh, I will stress, I haven't seen this film. I've had it on my watch list for forever. But for anybody listening, there is one other film that you're on the front cover for, and that's for 400 Bullets. Um, mm. Was that a fun project to be on? Because that one doesn't seem to get mentioned as much when people say your name. So I'm very curious to watch it myself, actually. Uh, it's very much more... Um, it's less action... Like, um, you know, the way I do action films, like... Uh, if you watch Naturedus and Jawbreak, all the spinning kicks and stuff like that, it's not in this film because it was a decision from the director to go more realistic. Uh, much more drama, of course, and which I really appreciate. Like when, when I read the script, I was like, I'm in for this. The fight stuff was, um, we discussed about the fight scene and everything. We made it more realistic. So I'm not sure. Uh, some of my friends watched it and they said they liked the story and they like, what we've done, but they were like, okay, but this is not what you're known for. You're known for like crazy kicking and guns and stuff. And I said, yeah, but every movie is different. And actually, I'm glad that it's different, but it's just the feedback of people being disappointed at me not doing this. I'm like, guys, it's just, it's a story. It's a character. Like not all characters can do spinning hook kick and double. Pa, 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 pa. So uh, I think it's good to take the film as, as what it is. Um, I, I yeah, also think time. it's important for the fight choreography to fit the tone of the film. So yeah. for me, hearing that the the fights are more realistic because it's a, well, it looks like a military film. It's more grounded. That doesn't put me off. In fact, if anything, it's just shot up the watch list because there are, especially when it comes to like director video movies, there are certain actors who in every film, not necessarily because they want to, but they have to have certain movements in because it's what they do. It's how they yeah. fight. And then the problem is with that is, like I said, every film of theirs becomes the same. Even if the story is different, you're watching the same moves again and again and again. And I feel like it, it seems to be lately a lot of films have kind of finally got this, but you have to have the action reflect the tone of the story. Because mm -hmm. like you said, the, the story and the action shouldn't be treated as two different things. They should flow into each other. Yeah, but also, I, I also understand when you know, actors want to do their uh, the signature move for their fans, you know, like all the time. And it's it's a choice. It, it, and I respect that. It's just like, um, I believe I'm trying to see things a little like more for the sake of the story. You know, maybe this move fits in that story, you know, like, but 
but sometimes we associate the film too much about the person than the character. You know, like it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Donnie and movie, and Donnie is gonna do. You see now, since Yipman is doing that in John Wick Four, he does it. You know, like uh, in every because that's the signature move, and people would expect that, and they see it, they're like, okay, cool, he did it. But I'm like, okay. Which is hilarious because if it was 10 years ago, we'd all expect him to be doing MMA wrestling moves because of all the Flashpoint special ID and all of those movies. And it it, it is funny how, like you say, people's perception affects what actors end up doing. But they get, I also understand that to do that also, it's it's pleasing for the audience. When I did 400 Bullets, the the feedback I had from some uh, fat choreographer friends who like much like uh, high up in the industry, they were like, Where's your style? And I'm like, yeah, I had to explain to them it's a different kind of movie. And he said, ah, oh, look at Donnie Yen. Jumping back, it is in every movie. The way it's shot, exactly the same. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like it's, it's, there's not, there's no absolute truth about how to do things and how to handle a, a your career, I guess. But for me, I felt that if I put the same move in every movie, it's, uh, it's, it's good for sure. Yeah. To show, to showcase and stuff, you play with the basics. I mean, your basics, the people will love these moves, but you're like, okay, you know, I'm trying to, um, to change a little. And what I'm saying to whoever, like all action actors watching that show, I'm not dissing, talking bad about anyone. I'm just stating my view about how I handle my career and how I want to, to move forward in, in that sense. Yeah. And, and I, I always say this as well is, um, whenever I say anything disparaging, it's never at anyone in particular. It's a personal preference of being a movie watcher. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's your you preference know, as a viewer. Yeah. You have yeah, your opinion. And, and that's everybody and, has and their opinions. Yeah. The, the thing is as well is like, cause I deliberately don't name names is I've still watched all of those films. So it's not like it's put me off, you know, yeah. it's just something I've noticed. It's not the same mm. thing as complaining. Which is mm. like you say, a lot of people do take it that way. It's not what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, they, but they they come at me, man. They're like, "Dude, this is not what you're known for." And I'm like, "Oh, relax, bro. Like, just uh, enjoy. It's a film, goddammit." No, but some people do. Some people come at me like passively, like aggressively, passive aggressive, like telling me like, you know, "Should do things differently." Because it's true, you have to be consistent in your career. But as a filmmaker, as I said before. And also as an actor, I'm looking for a role when I do no fight stuff. As for myself as an achievement, I would love to get a, a proper drama role, like just drama. And also I want another film like something as big as and stylistic as John Wick. Yes, give it to me. You know, like I will do it. I will play it. You know, like it's 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 different different um achievement that you wanna uh, get. And I think it's there's nothing wrong about it. It's cool. Yeah. And we're going to wrap up in a minute, but I do think you've just hit the nail on the head. So 10 years ago, which is depressing to say, for a completely different thing, I actually, that's when I met Amy Johnston and I interviewed her. And I remember back then she said something that stuck with me and I always notice it and look for it in people's careers now, which is that her biggest problem was producers either wanted her to be a stunt woman or be an actress. They detested with a burning passion that she tried to be both. And I've noticed that, but I've also noticed that seems to be calming down now. There seems to be a lot more people who can go in both worlds. Not necessarily like massively successful, mm-hmm. but there are at least people I can name, including yourself, that have both stunt credit and lead actor credit. Well, and you've got director, but you just like showing off apparently. But do you feel like that's still the case or 
do you think is sort of changed? I think it's still like behind the scenes, I would say, like in the industry, the stunt industry, there is, there's still something about a stuntman trying to become an actor. It's, right. it, it's not well received. You know, like it's, it feels like they ask you to choose, you know? Yeah. And to be honest, I don't care. Like I do what I want and I go out married. And I, you have, the thing is, I drove my career like this. A lot of people told me not to do jailbreak. I was like, yup, no, I will do it. Night Shooter is the same. Like, why are you doing this film? They're too low budget, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, by the end of the day, it's my journey. And I will do what I want. And whatever you believe, or you can't be a stunner, you can't be an actor, and then that, that's your problem. I'm trying to do both and I'll do my best to do it. I have no problem with this. But I know that there, this is something that's still there. People okay. love to put other people in brackets. I don't know why. Like, it feels like, as soon as I said I want to be a director, oh, you want to stop acting? I never said that, right? I said <laughs> that I want to do all this stuff all together. It's not forbidden. There's no law that says you can't do this. Like, it's just like, um, I take it again as a journey. The people who don't understand that sometimes they're too narrow-minded. They just think about just stunts. A lot of stuntmen want to become action actors, but they never mention it. And that's... uh Something big, all right? Um, but, but the reason why, when you actually claim that, yeah, I'm both, they look at you like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to explain that. It's, I don't like it. I, I don't like to put people in brackets. But it's kind of, in a way, in this industry, you do, because you're either a director or actor, whatever. But um, do whatever is good for you. You know, like, don't listen to what people say. And that's what I, I said to some other stunt guys who tell me secretly. They come to me and they come to me because they're not like movies. And they go, Oh, JP, by the way, I want to be an actor. I'd love to do the stuff that you do. And they, yeah, okay, cool. Maybe more than 10 people. That's a lot of people. And they don't want me to say their name. I'm like, why is it so, it's not taboo. There's nothing to be ashamed of at all. At least you should be proud. You make a movie and you know, like you watch Jackie Chan movie. You're, you're, you're doing your Jackie Chan esque thing in your project. How amazing is this? It's the most honorable thing that I see. And it's, it's great. It's good fun. It's good for you. And it's good for, I mean, it, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just good. There's nothing bad about it. But yes, I, I'm not surprised that Amy said that about people seeing things this way. And I don't agree. I don't care. I love, I love that answer so much. If we, uh, <laughs> even if, it, even if it takes us two months to arrange it again, you're more than welcome to come back anytime to promote whatever you like or to talk about other stuff. Uh, this this talk has been great, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Of course, I did, I did. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, JP has to go for reasons we won't say. And <laughs> I'll see you later. I'll go to it now. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah uh, I will hand you back over to the me in the future. Thank you once again to Jean Paul for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, yeah, I'll let you know what's coming next. Catch you later, Thank guys. You. Thank you. And with that final thank you from JP, that brings this conversation to a close. Au revoir, Jean-Paul. I look forward to the day that you return. Hopefully it won't be too far away. I am uh, keeping my fingers crossed for the projects that he mentioned. You know, hopefully they could sort out their issues or just, you know, get made without a hitch, depending on which project we're referencing. And... If stroke when they come out and we have them and we can see them and we can support, please do so. And 
I'm pretty sure that Jean-Paul will be back to talk about them. I'm wishing him every bit of luck in the world because not only do I think he's one of the best working right now, I also think he is both simultaneously underrated but also appreciated at the same time. He's very much occupying that weird space that some people fall into where he's got good work under his belt, people clearly know him, but I feel like he's still yet to fully be embraced by the entire community as referenced by the fact that when I said in the last episode that we were going to have this conversation, there were a couple of people who sort of DM'd me on the sly and were like, yeah, I'm not sure who that is. And then when I like told them what films he was in, they were like, oh, yes, yes. So I think in the next couple of years, that's going to change massively. But we will see. That is obviously dependent on a lot of outside factors and if you know if these projects that he was gracious enough to talk about on this show come to fruition and can sort out their issues then that will probably go a long long way to rectifying that so with that said what is the next episode i hear you ask well i actually toyed with swapping this episode and the following episode around uh because we're going back to the 80s basically and I was debating swapping it because the following week we're going to be in the 2000s. But actually, you know, we had Unworthy, which again, great episode. I'm actually kind of surprised at how many people really checked that out literally day one. So thank you uh, if you enjoyed it. And if it surprised you, stick around because obviously I don't just want to cover the obvious. I'm going to try and find hidden gems like that. Well, I say hidden, they've got, you know, millions of views, but you know what I mean. I'm not just going to cover the obvious, but next week, we're going to cover another classic. A couple weeks back, we had Red Heat. The one that followed it was the absolute classic Roadhouse. And this time, well, it's about damn time that Sylvester Stallone got some of his classics covered. So next week, it's going to be Cobra. And I am very excited for you to hear that episode. It's also got a brand new guest that I think you guys will enjoy. So until then, guys, get excited. Let me know if you're uh, looking forward to the episode on social media. Links are always in the show notes. That should be linked below, depending on how you're listening to this. But otherwise, that's going to be it for me for this one. Thank you once again to JP for coming on, and I shall see you next time for Cobra. On the action!